This episode of The Local Wave is brought to you by The Sanctuary. If you're in a small band, you know how hard it can be to promote yourself. Well, I'm here to tell you that the guys at The Sanctuary want to help. They offer a studio space where they create a full audiovisual experience for you to share with the world. For more information, check out SanctuarySessions.tv. Again, that's SanctuarySessions.tv. And be sure to follow them on social media at Sanctuary underscore Sessions. This episode is also brought to you by Standard Gallery. Standard Gallery is a new online art gallery with a mission to make buying art less intimidating and more accessible to everyone. They partner with artists to help produce, market, and distribute their work. Learn more at standard-gallery.com. Again, that's standard-gallery.com. What's up, Nashville? Welcome to The Local Wave, conversations with the Nashville Underground. I'm the host, Alex McWilliam. I'm sorry, I totally forgot to do an intro-outro because I was on vacation and then I got sick. So I'm doing a voice memo currently to make up for it. And uh, so I just want to apologize for the audio quality. The whole interview is not like this, it's just the intro-outro. This week we've got... Alex Benick from Sunseeker. They're a third man records band that I just fell in love with this year. We got to talk about Wilco. We got to talk about touring. We got to talk about being kind of a new Nashville buzz band. So you're going to love this conversation. Uh, just a couple things. Go ahead and follow us on social media at The Local Wave so you can talk to me. If you want to become a supporter, go to patreon.com slash the local wave. Uh, go ahead and you know, rate us on iTunes. Give us uh, five stars. We deserve it, I think. Um, and then subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to the podcast. There's time for me to talk later. Again, I'm sorry for the audio content. I'm not going to do an outro, so I want to say, before we get in, I want to say thank you to Kyle Monroe, Charles Miller, and Lucas Wharton for doing everything that they do for the podcast. Uh, anyway, let's get into this conversation with Alex Benick from Sunseeker. I'll take a beer. Oh, you be... what it is? No. I do. I will also take a IPA. IPAPE. I don't know why that. I'll have an IPAPE. <laughs> <laughs> an IPAPE. Hook me up with an IPAPE. Yeah, man. Well, shit. Are we on? We yeah, going? we're going. This is it. This we're is doing it. it. Yeah, we're here. Okay. Yeah. I'm so ready. How are you? So good. Yeah. Today's been a great day. Um, I, I feel like I didn't uh, prepare for you. I was preparing for Rodrigo. I had oh, all these so like sorry. in-depth, really detailed Rodrigo questions to ask you. I can probably answer them exactly <laughs> like he would. So if you want, you can just ask me those questions. You have very similar demeanors. Yeah, we're both... All four of us, it probably would have been the same interview sort yeah. of style. We're all very, uh, we all wear a lot of brown. You do wear a yeah. lot of brown. Yeah. And so. you kind of talk slow and you just like, you're we all just chill. just go with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it works out so well. Kind of like the sound of your band Sunseeker. Yes. That's how we do it. Oh, That's nice. called a segue. Yeah. I see what you did there. <laughs> Hello. This is Alex from Sunseeker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shit. That's how I do it too, man. Well, you did it. You did it well. Thank you so much. Well, dude. I'm so happy. I to love be that here. record. 
Thank you so much. That's sick. Um, I bought it, and Rodrigo watched me do it. Did he sell it to you? I think he did. Yeah. Man, he's a good man. Or I mean, did I sell it to you? I'm Rodrigo. <laughs> for anybody listening. I'm also, this is the sound of opening a fresh. Got the two-hearted. It's my fave. We're both having one right now. It's feel, it feels good. Yes. I'm having a great time. <laughs> the whole podcast just us talking about how great yeah. of a time we're having. Wow. An hour later. A couple Alexes just having, having a good time. Yeah. It's two Alexes in here. Alex and Alex. We yeah. should do a podcast together. Al- yeah. The Alex and Alex podcast. Between two Alexes <laughs> with Zach Galifianaki. <laughs> that is my jam. Yeah. I'm into it. Well, dude, where'd you grow up? We'll get right into it. Let's we'll just, get into the deep stuff here. Get the deep it. cuts. Uh, my name's Alex. I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee. It's as simple as that. Shit. All wow. my life. More specifically, Bellevue. Basically, West Nashville. And then stayed there forever. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, damn. Yeah, I've never left. Why? Uh, man... I would like to say that it's because I love Nashville so much and I have just this huge connection to Nashville, which definitely a part of me does. Um, but I just haven't found that right opportunity to skip town yet. Yeah. But I'm really working on it. Yeah? Yeah, one day. One day I'll move somewhere. Where do you want to move to? Um, uh, recently I've been thinking about Chicago, but I feel like where I want to move changes pretty much anytime i visit new places yeah which is which is often you've been visiting a lot of new places yes from what i've seen recently on the I've internet in a lot of places um but chicago was one of the last places i went to and i was really into that so maybe chicago but i go florida tomorrow so maybe tallahassee <laughs> will be my answer tomorrow yeah but. you guys just got off the road did you not yeah. You got um, off the road and now you're going right back on it. Right. Yeah, we've been home for a couple of days now. I I actually looked at your Instagram and I I knew we had had this date planned for a while and I saw the dates and I was like, oh shit, this is like just four <laughs> days in between tour. This isn't yeah. like they're coming home. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think originally when we did schedule it, we were it was the end of our tour and then we got added to another one after we scheduled this but yeah we're are these home. just going to be headlining shows you're going to be doing no so we um we just got off our headlining tour and now uh now we're on a run with a band called the districts opening cool. for them um basically on and off till mid-december so i mean i think it's a total of maybe three or three weeks of touring um but for the over the next two months. Well, so. in my life, you guys just sort of came out of nowhere because I like one day had no clue who Sunseeker was, and the yeah. next day I did, and then I see you're like on Third Man Records and you're fucking touring everywhere. Yeah. So how how the fuck did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Um, very lucky people, um, but it kind of did just come out of nowhere. Maybe. Not as much for me. Um, 
Well, you've known the guys forever, right? Right. I've, well, I've, yeah, I've ben, read and, that. ben and Asher specifically. Um, I've been friends with them since I was like 14. Dang. Um, and so you're all from here? Yeah, yeah, all of us pretty much. Like, all of us grew up here. Ben and Asher moved here when they were really young, I think. Rod Or no, Ben and Rodrigo. Asher's from here. Okay. I'm getting mixed up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we were all raised here and like went to elementary, middle school here and whatnot. So sorry if my headphones on top of my head are distracting. <laughs> distracting. But no, well, I interview DJs all the time. So okay, it's, cool. Yeah. It's pretty typical. It's me, the <laughs> DJ in the studio. Um, but yeah, I guess we got really lucky to get like signed to Third Man Records just playing around Nashville a lot and them being supportive members of like this community just eventually saw us and you know we hadn't toured before we got signed or anything which seems so crazy because I feel like every like labels don't sign people anymore unless right. they're like active touring bands or have already created some sort of like clout for themselves which we hadn't done really outside of Nashville at least well, that's still kind of power. I mean, Nashville gaining clout in Nashville is sort of its own animal in a certain yeah, that's sense, true. you know. For sure. Like being popular being a popular band in Nashville is is different than being like the biggest band in Indianapolis or something. You know right. what I mean? Like because everyone's here. So if totally. you can gain people's attention here, people probably figure you can gain it anywhere. Right. You know? Yeah, I think that that's definitely true. Um but I think we just, I mean, we played just a shit ton in Nashville for like the first two and a half. I guess we were a band for like two and a half years before. When did it, when did you guys like officially, when did Sunseeker start? Uh, we officially, like officially started as in made a Facebook page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll ask a, uh, before you answer that, I'll ask yeah. a, a bigger question. When did you start playing music with the guy since you guys have known each other since you were in middle right. school. Oh man. Let's take it all the way back. I guess the first time I played music with Ben and Asher was in two thousand ten. When we first started like I think the first time we played music together was playing like busking on Broadway. Like just playing covers and some like original songs just for shits and giggles. What covers did you do? Oh man, take the skinheads bowling, which is a funny song to cover on Broadway. <laughs> I think you know we covered like Avett Brothers songs at the time, because that was like, you know, that would get people throwing money at you. Right. That was like you know yeah like 2010 when, like, Avett Brothers were an unmatched band it seemed in the world. Um, not to say that they're unmatched or matched now. I don't know. <laughs> But it was just like... They're going to hear this and be pissed. Yeah, I don't want to piss them <laughs> off. If you want to take us on tour, we will do it. Like, <laughs> I'm not trying to burn any bridges here today. Um, That's going to be the headline of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Alex talks shit about the Avid oh, Brothers. Brothers. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. No, like love them the and, Like Brothers. Mumford and Sons and like all that whole shit was all happening. Like yeah, that's... Then, yeah. yeah, the huge like indie folk revival mm -hmm. which i guess is what we've been touted as before 
in write-ups or blogs or whatever, like as indie folk or folk pop or something, which is fine with me. But yeah. I don't really see many like similarities between us and... I'm sure at a certain point you're just happy blogs are writing about you. Yeah, that's also <laughs> true. That still kind of blows my mind that somebody got paid to write something about Sunseeker. Like, yeah. that doesn't make a ton of sense. <laughs> but I was very cool with it. Very happy that someone made that decision. I When I heard it, my first thoughts were like, you know, the Beatles, Wilco, mm-hmm. Shins, like that kind of stuff. That's you know? very, very much... Uh, kind of how i if i had to like compare it to someone it seemed less like a revive you know um taken from that indie folk revival music and more like even before that you know like the when when i suppose when indie music was still indie music if you will you know yeah absolutely i think we all i mean wilco especially being like a huge influence of ours as far as like contemporary Rock music. So good. Yeah. Just one of my favorite bands and favorite Wilco album? Oh man, this is my favorite question. <laughs> I'm really <laughs> glad this got brought up. <laughs> so for a long time it was a ghost is born because I thought that that was like they were so it was like such an experimental record and with a lot of just trippy just a bunch of trippy shit on that record. Yeah. It's crazy. But then you kinda listen to every Wilco record. And there's trippy shit on all of it, with with the exception of maybe like the first couple records, because they're those are more just like oh, country. country rock, yeah. yeah. Um, but man, it's hard. People give like their self titled album a lot of shit, and I love that record. It really? kind of just changes. Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, maybe just because I mean, it's, yeah, that's kind of the classic yeah, answer. Exactly, and I hate to like. I be thought a huge Star Wilco Wars fan. was really good. Yeah, that I mean, first song honestly, Schmilko is good too. Like, yeah. they just don't. They really just don't put out anything bad. Yeah, they don't fuck around. Yeah, Wilco isn't about that. <laughs> so I have respect for them. Um, so anytime people draw comparisons to Wilco, it's. Uh, flattering for yeah. sure so so when so you're busking in 2010 covering avid brothers right when are you like shit we need to write some actual songs <laughs> i think I, I had been writing songs prior to then and asher and ben even before then were in a band together uh called fox fun in nashville so i mean they've been playing together for years before i even started playing with them um but then, uh, yeah, I guess it was, like, 2013 when it became organized. Like, we wanted to write songs and put out music and play our own shows with a band name, you know? Um, and then... But we didn't take it seriously or anything. It was just right. something fun. And, yeah, I guess that's it. That's and you just started, started to playing... It. Crazy shows in 2013? Crazy shows. <laughs> yeah. Our first shows were always wild, sold out shows. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I think we made, we made our Facebook page in January of 2013. And how I remember that is crazy. Um, but 
just the fact that anyone remembers when they made their band's Facebook page. I just think that that's like a, that's definitely the first time I've heard that in terms of like, <laughs> when did oh, you when start? did you start your band? Well, we, might we were Facebook, Facebook official <laughs> yeah. on this day. Yeah, it's How like your it relationship more official than that. True, that's true. Yeah, but we made it before we played any shows. We played our first show in December of 2013, so almost a full year after we were Facebook official, <laughs> which is, uh, I don't know, pretty funny. Yeah. But, yeah, and then for a couple of years just played a ton because it was really fun for us. There used to be a, a venue in Nashville called the Stone Fox. Oh, yeah, I know it. You know the Stone Fox? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. That makes you, like native nashville now i only saw one show there <laughs> but i definitely knew knew of it yeah yeah i saw a band place. called coliseum there that was it i don't know that band i don't no. think i was at that show uh, it's fine not many people were <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that was just like our our place to play i with that band or any other i don't know i feel like i played stone fox twice a week for yeah for the last two years it was open, I think. And I'm sure, yeah. like, some of those bands you were playing with are now, like, a thing. Oh, yeah, totally. I'm trying to remember what bands I saw at Stone Fox. I remember one of, like, the first shows at Stone Fox was John McCauley of Deer Tech. Hmm. Um, I mean, there's a ton that I'm blanking on. But we we got to play with some, like, great bands there that... I don't know. Why the Stone Fox? Why was that the 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 Sunseeker spot? Stone Fox was like the venue that repped the West Side, or at least in my mind. Uh, you know, everybody pictures East Nashville as like the haven for live music in Nashville. Um, but Stone Fox was right off Charlotte in West Nashville and like growing also just a really comfortable like safe environment that was easy to book shows at and kind of had its own like built-in crowd for shows there because people just like to be there so much um but i also like liked to add meaning to that venue as being like a boy from bellevue like right. west nashville that was your spot. and it was like i didn't have to cross the river <laughs> and that was awesome and it was owned by great people william and elise tyler um, I don't know, just the best venue I've, I've been to in Nashville. R.I.P. Stone Fox. R.I.P. to the Stone Fox. It is missed. The building is still there, but it's not the same. Yeah. It shut down in 2016? Yeah, I think at the beginning of like January 2016, maybe. I think a band, uh, like Asher's other band called fox fun played one of the last shows oh yeah at stone fox which was crazy because when it closed it seemed like it came out of nowhere yeah i remember just seeing it on the internet one yeah. day like oh we're closing yeah like, exactly oh. there was no warning or there probably was to people more involved with the business but it's like i was uh, just shocked when the groove just got sold recently we had a record store you were informing me of things i didn't know about oh, yeah well it was, it was sold uh like a couple months ago and like just one day i had like become i buy a lot of records yeah. and i had become kind of friends with the the guys who owned it or at least like 
enough that when I would go in there, they would know who I was and stuff. Right. And then one day, I just was like, you know, on my way to work, and I look at Instagram, and they're like, psych, where you sold it? Yeah. And I was <laughs> you like, can't buy our what? records anymore. I mean, it's still a record store, but I was like, dang. Yeah. Like, that was like ha- at that point. That was like half the fun of going in there. You know what I mean? Right. Was like to see John and stuff. Right. Totally. You know. Yeah. I feel like that's just like to be expected with any place you like in Nashville. Yeah. It's I mean, just... you especially. You've seen <laughs> literally everything change. Yeah. You just grow a lot. Uh, I try to like view it as a good thing. Really. Uh, I feel you know, like not many people to. do. Yeah, it's hard to, like, especially with, like, easy shit that pisses you off. Like, obviously, traffic sucks. Traffic sucks for everybody. Uh, A lot of really awesome places are being replaced by shitty places. Um, But, you know, I'm sure it's benefiting someone, you know, probably white people. (laughs) It's probably benefiting a lot of white people that Nashville's hip as fuck. Um, but is it benefiting you? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's not hurting me in ways that it's probably hurting a lot of people. Right. You know, it, it just, it like, it pisses me off sometimes. Um, but you know, I don't experience a lot of like the economic downfalls of right. gentrification in any way. So, you know. I try not to go too deep into that that route of how new Nashville probably fucks over a lot of people. Yeah, it can really only serve to piss you off. Yes. There's really no way you can look at it and be like, oh, this is great. Yeah, it's <laughs> tough, totally. But I try to be so, like, proud of my city and, like, I want to rep Nashville till I die. Right. 615. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, I definitely... We'll either move to Chicago or Tallahassee or wherever, Lexington, Kentucky. Wherever you see next. Yeah, I'll be in Tallahassee tomorrow, so probably Tallahassee. <laughs> I'll probably take my stuff, start a new life. It's not that great. Of a, I wouldn't move to Tallahassee, but that's just Yeah, me. I probably wouldn't either, but the beach sounds cool. True. So, I don't Tell know. me more about uh, how we get to... How we get to uh, Georgia Dust? Cause you got two years there. Mm-hmm. How well, do you How do you get the attention of Third Man Records? Does Jack White just walk in and see you? I wish, man. That <laughs> that would have been crazy. Um. No, it was actually we just played a show, like a normal show, is at the basement. You know, not a lot of people there. Um, we were opening, I'll restart. This is like the release show of this guy, Danny Crowhaw, who was in a band called The Gories from Detroit. And he was putting out his solo record on um, on Third Man. So it was like his release show. And someone from Third Man asked us to open the show. So you kind of had some buzz at that point right. in Nashville? Yeah. A little bit, you know, but I mean, it wasn't like a crazy show or anything. It was just a a friend of ours who worked at Third Man was helping us out. Um, But, you know, like a buzz in the way that's like, you know, these kids are, these kids are all right. You know, (laughs) there's like 
I feel like young bands in Nashville get a lot of support uh, just for being like young and active in the community. I think it's like a really strong, like ages ranging from like 14 to 20, like those bands do really well here, uh, which is cool. And I've always liked that about the scene here. Um, but anyway, yeah, we just opened for Danny Croha and Ben Swank, who is, uh, like co-runs that record label, Mm. um, was at the show and just asked when we were playing again. So he, he just was really supportive at that show. It wasn't like an immediate, you know, we're going to make you famous moment. (laughs) Um, but then he just came to our next, our ne- the very next show we had, which was at the Stone Fox. And, and it must uh, have been incredibly validating to have him actually show up. Yeah, exactly. You know? I, you know, of course, I didn't think anything of it when he asked. Right. Yeah, you know, people are nice. Um, but then he showed up, and it was like immediately after our set, I think he talked to Asher, but it was like, basically it was like, Hey, I want to like put out a single with you guys. If you guys want to do it on third man, it was like so seamless and painless. You know, it seemed like some sort of like Motown thing. Yeah. Where it's like, I don't know. Hey, you guys are cool. Let's do this. Yeah, let's do yeah. this. Let's, we're going to put a lot of money into you guys. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I didn't realize that that's what it, it can be like. I don't know. I don't think it is like yeah. that for most people. <laughs> yeah. It's, that that does sound very old school. Yeah, exactly. But I, maybe that's sort of like... I mean, Third, third Man, Man kind of operates old school totally. in general. Yeah. So, I mean, it, make, it makes sense. But, yeah. So, I mean, after that, we just recorded. We had already been recording with um, our friend Buddy Hewen. And he's who produced the single. He's he produced the EP we just put out, um, and he used to run sound at the Stone Fox. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I feel like Stone Fox, thinking back on it, like ties in to every accomplishment we've ever had. That's awesome. Um, but I'm also probably, in a way, assigning meaning to that place. I would do the same thing. Yeah, it happens. Um. So yeah, we we're basically the first two songs we finished with Buddy. We just sent him over because we were like, we want to put this out. You know, we didn't yeah. really like think about it that much. Did you write um, those songs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Georgia Dust and No One Knows. Just the first two we finished, and they were like, yeah, we'll we'll use these. Like they, it was nothing. That's you know? crazy. Keep your Georgia Dust to. was just sort of like a waiting game um playing more shows and that's about it i think the one of the craziest parts about this story which i didn't realize until i you know researched you guys a little bit is that Mm. you are so young (laughs) like i'm 28 like i thought you guys like just looking at you guys i was like oh they're like probably my age you know yeah and then i'm reading like oh no they're all 21 right and i'm just like holy shit like how do you (laughs) 
Yeah. How the very... fuck do you do that at 21? God damn. I, yeah, I think that is sort of also like, like that thing. It's just like a super supportive community for young, young musicians. And we got, I mean, when we got that signed, I say signed in quotations because there are no pins involved, but it was, a. Uh, yeah, I think I was 19 when that happened. So, I mean, super young. That's kind of crazy that they, they don't, like, happy. Like, it really just is kind of, uh, like, handshake deals. Yeah. Well, I mean, at first, I yeah. eventually did sign right. a piece of paper along I mean, the way. I mean, still, it's, yeah. like, pretty rare. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we're all very young. I'm the youngest. Really? Yes. But mm. I look older than everybody else it's it's funny everybody always thinks that i'm like at least you know late, later 20s or i thought i thought all of you were yeah <laughs> like 100 percent. i thought you were all my age yeah and i was just like oh this sucks like there's like all these guys are so young i'm old and i'm not doing anything with my oh. life no it's it's awesome no i love it like it's it's like equally depressing and awesome. Oh, for cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I'm just super, super lucky. I don't think it's like necessarily anything other than one of those like being in the right place at the right time sort of thing, you know? Um, well, clearly you're good at what you do too. I mean, it's like obviously, uh, I mean, success is, I feel like is just half being super good at what you do and half just fucking blind luck, right, you know? Totally. And so obviously you have both of those things kind of going for you. Right. And then you put out this super badass EP, Biddeford, this year. Thank um, you. Tell me about writing that. So, yeah, so Biddeford, um, yeah, I mean, those songs, the, the, the weird thing is, is, like, a lot of those songs are from, like, the same time period as, like, Georgia Dust, like, mm. written around the same time, or some of them prior to writing Georgia Dust. And so it's a lot of, like, older songs, but a bit more fluid with, like, concepts or at least, like, a period of time in my life that put onto a record makes the most sense. Um but yeah, I, I wrote a lot of those songs right. Some of one of them during high school. Hmm. The rest were kind of like written directly after I graduated from high school and had moved to um, Southern Maine for a little bit, hmm. just to like work on a farm. I'm from New Hampshire. Oh, really? So that's kind of yeah. Crazy. So yeah. I was working on a farm in like a farm town called Arundel in Southern okay. Maine like 30 minutes south of Portland. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Biddeford was just like the next town over that just had shit. Like Arundel, there was like nothing uh, besides farm stuff. And so I would go to Biddeford a lot and I don't know, drew a lot of inspiration from, because it's like such a weird place. It's super it's industrial. Yeah. Maine is a weird place in Germany. Absolutely. Portland's awesome. I've been there several times. That was 
want, like where I wanted to move for a really long time. Yeah. Uh, and still would like to. Such a big, like, especially in the summer, it's like a perfect place. Yeah. It just absolutely. gets outrageously awful and cold and makes me very depressed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is it the same in New for, Hampshire? <clears throat> oh, yeah. I mean, like, weather wise like right and there. stuff, it's exactly the same. But that's why I moved generally. Because I just can't deal with the snow anymore. Right. But in the summer and fall, it's like the most beautiful place you could ever imagine. Right. Yeah, I didn't I didn't even spend any time in the winter there. I feel like if I had, it would have like turned out to you be You would have hated it so much. <laughs> you would not want to move there. So I guarantee it. I would have written a like, Bonnie Vera-esque <laughs> <laughs> for Emma forever ago in exactly. a cabin record. Uh yeah, no, I was there for the fall. It was incredible. Um, anyway, yeah, those songs are like, they're reimagined because, you know, we recorded them much later. So they're not like exactly the same as they were like constructed when I wrote them or like when we first rehearsed them. Um, but Third Man was like more involved in picking the songs for the EP. Yeah. You know, for the single, they just took the first two, and then this one was more of like uh, working together to like find the right the right track list. Um, so it was funny because a lot of those songs we had just like recorded demos, and they were like, "Yeah, this like these are the songs," and we hadn't played them in at least like a year and a half or <laughs> two years or something, and. So it was kind of fun, actually, to be able to, like, go back to really old songs that you, you know, you kind of in your head had, you were scrapped. You know, I didn't think we would be playing any of these songs anymore um, and reimagine them collectively. And Do you like how it turned out? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Buddy is also, Buddy Hewen, producer man, is also just really, like, genius for, like, what he's what he's working with you know he just works out of his house um and has his like house snaked out and uh just is really good he like made us all feel really comfortable so we could perform well when tracking and i don't know they they kind of like took on a separate life of their own as a recording than they did as like a song in my head sort of thing Hmm. um but yeah, I it's fun playing those songs now. And I was gonna say they probably have a whole new life to them now that you've played them. Right. That's kind of why I wanted I, when we scheduled this. That's why I thought it'd be perfect to do it now because mm-hmm. I could talk to you after uh, you've toured on it, and the songs have kind of had a chance to breathe a little bit. Right. You know, you know them a lot more intimately, I'm sure, than you did at that point. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're, it's weird because you want to, like, kind of make a song sound like the recording for people that know it. I don't know. But then it's also, they, we've changed so much from the recording just to, like, give it a little bit more oomph. Mm. So we're not just, like, making people fall asleep <laughs> in an audience, like, high out of their mind. It's also cool to just kind of like, <laughs> you know, give people who do know like a different experience right. from the record. Yeah, totally. Something they're not going to be able to see ever again. Right. You know. Yeah. That's something I always love bands do. 
Is there anything specifically that you can kind of talk about that you did do on tour that wasn't on the record? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but I don't know that we'll do it more now that I'm giving away the secrets. <laughs> what <laughs> was your favorite everything. thing that you did? Uh, I don't know. We, we have like a lot of, since Rodriguez joined the band, um, he's sort of like a synthesizer, like keyboard wizard and has added like an entirely new depth to a lot of these songs and especially to like live performance and like fluidity of a set and like learning how to give a live set like ebbs and flows and things like it's shit you don't ever think about before you have to do it all the time right and people tell you that that's something you have to think about you know um but i guess we we do like some fun improvised like psychedelic jams is is all i can say <laughs> is that more of like, like a, a direction that you want to go in maybe with your newer stuff is more in like a psychedelic direction uh not i don't think i don't think so too much i i think it's just really fun for us like live to do that yeah. i don't think on a record we're going to like trip everything out is Happens anything like jerry garcia 15 minutes old yeah no. I, I i don't think I, <laughs> i'm even capable um but yeah i think direction wise for like new records and future future projects of ours um i don't know we like to like feel like we like to rock out a little bit more now and you like play a lot of shows and it's just really fun to like get a little bit heavier. Oh, totally. So like, and having our recordings being so relaxed and like being able to try to like take those same songs and make them more interesting for like a live environment. And then, you know, I'd like to record a record that's more in that vein of like, this just sounds like a show. Right. Like, buzzy obviously not like crazy hardcore music or yeah. something not that i have anything wrong with it i just don't think i'm capable of <laughs> <laughs> well that's i think that's the thing with with the cp is when people listen to it or at least when i listen to it like you're so young you've got these awesome six songs like it, the word that comes to mind is potential you know you you guys just kind of have the potential to be sort of whatever you want to be it kind of scares me that you're 21 years old because i'm like <laughs> this band's gonna be crazy badass by the time if this is what they're putting out now like right. you know once you're actually good it'll be crazy <laughs> you know yeah thank you <laughs> yeah that's an incredible compliment so what do you like what is kind of on the horizon i suppose um I mean, just still touring. Um, I think we have, uh, we're basically touring till the end of February. So for like the next four, four months ish. You're hitting it pretty uh, hard. Yeah. It's very, very fun. Though. And I'm sure that, you know, the third man tag certainly doesn't hurt anything. Uh, not at all. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. There are people that like, you know, have no idea what we sound like or anything, but are just like third man heads that will like drive three hours to like like buy a vinyl from the band a vinyl 
<laughs> by record from from us. It's just it's Third Man is sort of its like own beast. You know, it's right. like super different from other record labels because they can it seems like they can like represent themselves as much as their artists represent them, you know. Um a lot of that has to do with Jack, obviously, but you know, they also just like make their own instruments or like press up their own records. Yeah. Their merchandising is just, it's it's insane. So have you gotten to meet Jack at this point? Yeah, we have. Yeah. He's very chill. He's like us. (laughs) Yeah. Just chill. Very supportive. Um, I met him a few times when I worked at Pinewood social. He used to come, he used to come into Pinewood. It was very weird because sometimes, like when he's with people, he you know he'd be dressed up as mm-hmm. as Jack White as everyone would imagine <clears throat> he would look like. Right. But then I would also just see him in like a plaid shirt and some jeans, and yeah. I was like, "This is not what I expect Jack White to look like." Yeah, <laughs> you know? totally. I think he. He's kind of funny. I think he like does that around Nashville. I don't, you know, he's he goes out with his kids and like. Actually, just eats brunch. Yeah, and that's like his life. I saw him actually the day he played Bridgestone, and it was just like weird seeing him. Like, oh, you're eating lunch, and like later on today, I'm gonna go see you rock thirty thousand people. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's insane. It's bananas. Yeah, but you know, you can't. It's crazy. You can't. There's no indication. Other than just knowing who Jack White is, you know, meeting him, that he would be, like, some crazy famous guy. Right. He's very, very laid back, very supportive. So That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. He's supportive of you guys. Yeah, absolutely. He he came to our, our release show for Biddeford and talked to us for a little bit about it. So, you know, he, he goes out of his way to make sure... He supports all of the artists on Third Man, which I think is is really badass. And then you're probably, I would assume, you're going to try to stick with them as as long as possible. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as much as as whatever is possible, you know. There's no no plans at the moment, but you know, right if, now, if we work with them again, I'd be happy. But I mean, even if we don't, like, you did it. Yeah, we did. We got to and. And they, they're so they're supportive beyond the point of like just who's on their label at the moment. You know, like they keep all the past records they've put out like in their warehouse, and they still sell them, and they still promote artists they've put out in the past. So, you know, they continue to support bands that they work with. It's and, such a cool lineage to be yeah. a part of. Yeah, certainly, it's it's crazy. Um, you know being a 21 year old baby boy (laughs) yeah yeah you're probably like one of the youngest people they've ever put out i have to imagine yeah i mean i'm not i'm no expert but (laughs) no third man expert yeah i'm not sure of all their ages but i definitely feel very little so how has touring been have you have you loved it have you found a new place to live every day yeah now that i get to tell myself where I'm going to move every <laughs> single day. It's something to look forward to. Are you doing van and trailer? Uh, just van. We used to do van and trailer, but we figured out a way to Tetris everything into the van and sit tight. 
So yeah, saving money. Because yeah. we would rent like we'd rent U U Haul trailers. And you know, like a month of touring with a U Haul is just gonna set you back like right. however much money. But so yeah, we we figured out a way to ditch the trailer. And uh So is that kind of the plan for next year, just uh to hit the road? Just keep going yeah. with that? Um we're planning on recording uh again um we have like a quick break in in january and just getting some things done or as much as we can you know we have just a ton of of new material and like are you gonna try to do a full length yeah i think that's our next our next goal is to like feel like we've done what we can to like build the foundation for the launch of a full length and you know but if we get up and record, you know, five demos over a month, then that's still cool. Right. But I'd like to sit down and really hash out a well-thought-out full-length album. So you you personally have, like, a whole... Like, how much do you have kind of stored away? Or have you just been too busy with touring? Yeah, I mean, there's just stuff... So, I mean, the the last songs that have been released are from, you know, probably written over three years, three or four years ago. So, four years worth of songs. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know, there's probably like 40 or so songs that, you know, some of them are like duds, like goofy, <laughs> goofy shit, but also, you know, there's... I don't know. I think we just want to record everything we can, and because you know, a lot of times you think something sucks or is goofy, and then you record it, and it's, it turns out to be the coolest thing. Right. So we just want to like, whenever we can find time to to record. With that amount of songs, ready? I mean, obviously over ten years or ten years over <laughs> like four years. Yeah. Um, do you try to make it like a a practice to like? sit down and discipline yourself and write or are these just songs that have kind of come out naturally yeah i think all the all the good ones are the ones that i like the most are the ones that haven't been forced in any way uh that have just like sort of i mean i usually write like really late at night it's usually like three in the morning (laughs) um and just like out of complete boredom there's no like real inspiration when I start writing songs. It's not like about <laughs> it doesn't like start after like something crazy happens in my life or something. It's just like laying in bed and I can't like go to sleep. And so, <laughs> so you just have to write I'm a song. so bored and so <laughs> <laughs> it's seriously a product of being so bored <laughs> and not having to do anything, you know. It's so funny. I mean, because, you know, some people, like, they, they put, like, so much meaning into it. And I had to write this song because yeah. this horrible thing happened or whatever. You know? Totally. I mean, I get that also. I mean, that stuff can peek through, but I'm not going to try to assign more meaning than there actually is in, like, right. a lot of these songs. You know, there there's a song on the record on Biddeford that's called Churchill. It's like... That's basically, yeah, basically a song about my dog. Like, (laughs) 
my dog's name is Churchill, and it's like a like sort of like as if he was just like a womanizer because he's such a handsome dog. So it's like <laughs> through the lens of a dog's eyes being like a total player in an indie rock song. Like it's so dumb. That's a dumb song. If somebody interprets it differently and can, like, find meaning in that, then I think that that's awesome. Well, I have to ask about one song just because it's my... I, I don't typically do track-by-track yeah. thing. Actually, the the one I'm about to release is the first track-by-track thing I ever did just right. because uh, my friend Julian had a record coming out and I wanted to promote it as much as I could. But I love the song Sunny Day Girls. Mm-hmm. It's just like... It's just my favorite song on the record. And so awesome. I just wanted to ask about that one. Cool, yeah. Uh, that song, Sunny Day Girls. So, like, from earlier in the podcast, uh, living in, or staying in Maine for a little while after after high school and being, I don't know, I was only up there for, like, two months, or around two months. Um but it like I was sleeping in a barn, like an uninsulated <laughs> barn. It was just like at night it was just cold as shit. And so it'd be like writing a song about like Tennessee girls basically. But I didn't want to be like Tennessee girls, like right. I don't know. Something a little bit less cliche, but with the same meaning. So basically the same <laughs> sort yeah. of thing, you know. I don't know, it was just like a it was more of like a homesick song that go till they won't find you and sunny day girls are best for home sake so sometimes right inside the smaller lines cause why I'm trying to think back into my into my head at that time you just weren't attracted to the women in Maine? Is that what was going on? <laughs> I wasn't around any women in Maine. <laughs> I think I just missed... That's probably think, what it was. <laughs> I think I just missed... Uh, women. Seeing women. <laughs> in general. That's yeah. hilarious. So... Um, but, there's typically two questions that I ask everybody at the end of the podcast. Okay. Um, as we're nearing the end. Certainly. Um, uh, the first one, which I'm sure that you've had some pretty cool ones now that you've you've got this whole thing going, is what's your biggest fan moment? Uh, like, as you personally got new experience? So, like, me being a fan? You being a fan, yeah. Oh, man. Like, a show you've gotten to play or a person you got to meet or something that you never thought would happen. Oh. Those are always my favorite. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so um I guess through all of this I've been able to like work with um like one of our managers is this woman Court um who's married to the bassist for My Morning Jacket. Oh, crazy. Yeah, and so and our other manager Trey has been their tour manager for a long time. So there's like wow. these ties with um sounds like you guys need to open up that tour though yeah i know yeah (laughs) one day (laughs) we're on our way but um yeah i guess like being able to become close with 
you know, like Tom basically, but you know, we played Carl Bramel's release show for his last record and uh, being able to meet all those guys and like see how they handle, you know, cause they're all, they're all like so down to earth and so chill and I don't know, like they're, they don't have a big head on them. They're not like rock star divas or anything, you know, yeah. and being able to like sort of get into like talk to these people and have them give us advice about what we're doing. So I guess like as a fan of their music and as a fan of what they do, that's like a cool moment to be able totally. to like, to be yeah. seen as peers. Yeah. So your idols. Like, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. What do you do fortunate. it for? You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's like that. That's exactly yeah. what you do it for. Yeah, totally. And yeah, being able to like since then be able to like see them play live and how, you know, they're like viewed as one of the best live bands in the world <laughs> and like see how they handle themselves and that, in those like in a live setting and I don't know, they're badass. Yeah. So that's awesome. That's something. Yeah. Jack White coming to our show was cool. Also, <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. There have been some, some cool shit where I've definitely tried hard not to like, tell people about what I know about them, you know, <laughs> from like stalking them on the internet. Right. So. Or listening to every record they've ever made. And right. Looking through every liner <laughs> note and yeah. whatever. And yeah, I definitely try not to talk to people that I admire, like about their music. Cause I always fear that I'm going to be like, so tell me about this song that was like a B-side and never really like came out or anything. Like I think only 300 <laughs> copies were pressed in like 1998. And then, uh, yeah, try to avoid that. But That's why I started a podcast so I could ask <laughs> yeah, those questions. Absolutely. Because that's the shit I care about. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, how can I get a way to talk about nerdy shit with all these people that I want to talk yeah. to? Yeah. <laughs> Just create and not own. be weird about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, so this may seem sometimes it's an obvious question, sometimes it's not, but I just ask everybody, what are you most proud of? It's kind of a very mm. broad question, but And this is musically? I mean anything. Like it can uh, be more bigger than that if you want to make it bigger than that. Yeah. It's a pretty big question. I don't question. think I'm much I'm not proud of much more than that. I'm uh <laughs> <laughs> I haven't like done much more than right. that, you know, like if I had a kid right now I'd be like, oh, I'm proud of my kid. I'm proud I had a kid. <laughs> so you can be proud of your pretend kid. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's go that direction. <laughs> I cannot wait to be a father one day if that's an option for me and I can already say that the thing I'm most proud of now is my future child <laughs> will be one boy, one girl with the same name. <laughs> and I will be so proud of them. Uh, but I have to a find a pretty thing. androgynous name. Yeah. Alex. <laughs> there <laughs> Alex you go. Works, and then Boom. we'll have four Alexes in here, <laughs> including your, yourself yeah, and of me. Course. And we'll bring them in here. They'll do their own <laughs> podcast. Yeah. When they first well, they'll probably the have albums out on Third Man as well by that point. Yeah, we'll see. I'll only be proud of them if they do. <laughs> so if they don't, then the most proud of, 
man. Very, we've gone down a long <laughs> yeah. rabbit hole right yeah. now. I don't know how to get out of this one. Well, what are you most proud of? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just ask you a question. <laughs> uh, man. I mean... I'm proud of I'm proud of uh the people I'm in a band with. I'm proud of those young sweet boys. They put up with a lot of baloney and they work very hard. They all work like harder than I do, which is pretty magical. Yeah, but you're the songwriter, so yeah, they wouldn't that, be anywhere <laughs> without you. Yeah, true. Maybe. <laughs> That's the classic uh, scenario. The songwriter yeah. doesn't actually do anything except for write the songs. That's That can be true. Yeah. <laughs> but there are some people that I know stereotype. that like, write songs and then like run the shit on tour and like are in charge of everything and like are so on top of it. And I'm just like not, I, not on top of it at all. <laughs> like I consider myself to like have a... Well, you showed up to this. Yeah, I showed up here. Um, But this is sort of like the thing that this is like the work that I have to do is like getting to talk to people like just about anything. Yeah. And that's like cool as hell and not really work at all in a lot of ways. But like, you know, there's like Rodrigo and Ben are like handling all the money and Rodrigo tour manages us and is in the band and like. So I and guess works at Grimey's, the best record shop in town. The best one. I Sorry. go there all the time. I see him constantly. <laughs> Everybody go to Grimey's and say hi to Rodrigo. But yeah, so my cheesy answer is I'm just so proud of my my darn boys. And I t- I love how like you know despite the fact that I don't know you I mean I guess. Maybe since you have song, now that I know that your song is about your dog, you don't take your music that seriously. But like, I I, yeah. I follow you guys on on Instagram <laughs> and stuff, and clearly you guys just kind of, you know, you're having, you're just fucking having fun, you know, right. like and just hanging out and goofing off and being kids, you yeah, know, and absolutely, it's awesome. There's there's definitely a lot of that, um, because I feel like you tour a lot and don't do shit like that. How, like, what are you supposed to do? Right. You're just going to get grumpy as shit. And a lot of people know, did. Yeah. Develop <laughs> drug habits and yeah. alcoholism. <laughs> and, yeah. I don't know. So we like to, we like to goof around. But, you know, we also, un, I think, are learning to understand when, when is like the time to like be goofy and when's the time to like get shit done and learning how to like, combine those mindsets right so well i'm excited to hear whatever comes next from january thank you thank you so much and uh i guess we can uh wrap this thing up you can go ahead and cut it kyle (laughs) 